All right, everyone. I am John Tilly, the founder of Zongu, and welcome to another episode of Amazon Seller Insights. This is a series where we interview experts, and the hope is really just to bring great insights, education, and hopefully motivation uh, for your own Amazon business as a private label Amazon seller. So uh, I'm super excited about today's episode. I've been looking forward to this one for a long time. We have the man, Stephen Pope of My Amazon hey, Guide, founder. Good to have you on. Thanks for having me on, John. And for, for your audience sake, I learned about Zonguru because in my YouTube channel, we had a question come in. How do I find keywords for some competitors listing on their backend search term? And I didn't know the answer. And I said, guys, I don't know the answer. Is this possible? And and five people reached out and all five of them said, you need, you need to get Zonguru. So if you guys aren't using that function of, of the tool, you guys need to go check that out. But I thought it was really cool. By the way, one of those five people that told me about your tool, they just became an employee at my Amazon guy yesterday. <laughs> awesome. Well, good, good to hear. Yeah. Keyword spotlight is pretty cool. You can uh, obviously check out your competitors backend search terms and, and, and we're, we're the only guys to find, find the way to do that. So um, one, one of many little tricks, but yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. Cause I saw that and I was like, Oh man, we, we need a chat. So I had a, I had a great time uh, connecting with you previously and, uh, and really hearing, and you did a, a, a cool, like on the fly breakdown of Zonguru, like, you know, first, first experience. It was, it was pretty cool to see. Um, cool anyway, reviews are fun. <laughs> yeah, that was super cool. But you know, I think what, what excited me was just understanding your level of expertise, uh, in the specific space of ours which is private label amazon selling i mean it, it was very clear that you've got a, a, a depth of knowledge there and so you know from that we obviously said hey let's just jump on and do um you know amazon seller insights and uh you know we, we came up with with the idea of you know what are the top five challenges that zonguru customers have we put it out on social me media and we've heard from our customers what are the top five challenges they have and let my amazon guy steven uh solve those and give his insights uh, on those so we have a list um, from uh, Veronica, who put it out on our social media channels, and we've kind of filtered through and, and put a, uh, put together the top five. Uh, and I'm excited to dive into those. So um, I'm going to just cover real quick, just so people understand what we're going to be covering and get your insights on. We're going to talk about starting, not starting. So your your kind of insights around how do you start on Amazon? You know, you know, how do you get that going? As equally important, um, not starting. What are some of the indicators as to you know why you shouldn't go onto Amazon? And I think you're going to have some opinions on that. We're going to talk about niche product validation. We're going to talk about um, how to gain sales traction. I'm super excited on that one because I know that's your kind of forte. Um, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the one key thing to help your Amazon business. Uh, if you're going to be successful on Amazon, what is the one key thing you have to get right? Uh, and then hopefully if we have time, we're going to talk about emerging markets um, as well as the future of Amazon. So a bunch to cover, um, but let's start off a little bit. Um, I know you're based out in Atlanta, but uh, maybe just a little bit of background for those that don't know you. I mean, if you're in the Amazon space, I'm sure they've seen your, your YouTube channel uh, and, and, and that excellent name that you chose. Uh, but um, yeah, a little bit of background on you and, and, and where you're at today. So we have over 750 videos on YouTube. So if you're struggling trying to figure out how to grow your sales on Amazon, I probably have a tutorial video for your problem. Um, and we'll tackle five of those today, which is great. I'm glad to talk to your, your customer base and what, what they're interested and focused on. Uh, yeah, the, the name of my Amazon guy, figured that out in the laundry room with the wife. You know, I got laid off from a job and I was like, well, I, you know, why don't I just do some consulting work or something or whatever, you know, let's just start an agency. By the way, no agency owner ever is like, Hey, let's go start an agency. That does not happen. It just kind of just magically just happens. You're just like, Oh, I'll just do some consulting. And then it just gets out of hand. Right. And then, Oh, I got an agency. So that's kind of what happened to me. Um, but we're in the, we're in the laundry room and my wife, Emily, says, well, how do people normally introduce you? Because I've been doing consulting for years. And I said, I don't know. Just They just say, come, come talk to my Amazon guy. And we both looked at each other and looked up the domain name on, on Namecheap the next day and I bought it. So here we are. Um, we have, go ahead. Got, uh, no, I was going to say, so So you've had um, some successful Amazon brands yourself, right? So you've been in that, I do. how long have you been in that space uh, on, on Amazon? So I've been in e-commerce dedicated for more than 12 years. Uh, I used to be a television reporter before I even became into e-commerce, which was great because I got to learn how to ask tough questions, yeah. right? Like interview the politicians, interview seller support. Hey, I really need this to happen a certain way. Read the policies and the help books and whatnot. Uh, hold people accountable. 
uh, flying a stunt airplane, uh, you know, on a Saturday morning, that kind of thing it was really fun. Uh, but, but, uh, over the years I was on the corporate track and I, you know, I did everything from sell women's plus size clothing to kitchen equipment and, um, even sold gold and silver coins, by the way, that's the easiest product to sell out of the list. Uh, and I worked for a company called admix.com increased their SEO traffic by 10 million uniques on their website. You could go look them up in any SEO tool for a website and you could see my hire date. It's that obvious. So, so in any case, uh, you know, I, I, I got attracted to Amazon very early on. I'm, I'm one of the people that had been doing Amazon since they've done beta in many of their programs. Like I was one of the first people to advertise on Amazon. Um, I was advertising rice cookers for two cents a click back in the Whoa. day. Whoa. And, and man, that was, that was for position one, by the way. Uh, <laughs> so if you want to be jealous of how it used to be on Amazon, Wild Wild West back in the day, but I got to tell you, if you just showed up, you were going to make millions. Yeah. Um, so nowadays, you know, one of the questions I frequently get, is it too late? And I'm like, no, of course not. It's harder. It's got to, it takes more sophistication. You got to work harder. You got to run a whole business. You got to do this SEO thing, this PPC thing got to do some design work and catalog management. You can't just pick one and master. You got to do all four. Uh, but nowadays it's, it's totally doable. So last, mm -hmm. last introductory comment about my Amazon guy, you know, we, we have 160 active full service clients. Um, and so what we would see in the course of a day, you know, you might see in a year, if you run a single account, we see all the problems in the course of a single day and we communicate, figure it out. I don't follow anybody else's content. We create it all from what we see from our daily happenings on our own accounts. And that's, just because we see so many different things happen. Um, our organization has 82 employees. We're, we're investing in technology uh, and, and we're full service management for Solar Central clients. Yeah, man, just super, super cool to hear and, and obviously very successful. Um, before we kind of jump into, into our customers' challenges and, and, and your insights, I've got just a question there. Like you obviously been very successful at Amazon. You've been very successful at starting your, your agency and obviously growing that um if you kind of look at the values that, that you have what, what would you what would you target as your, your kind of top value inherent value in yourself has made you successful at, at both amazon and, and, and your agency i'm just just curious on that one it, it's all about building a system that is franchisable and repeatable right so a lot of companies out there they're very niche they specialize they do one specific thing and they're very technical and it's complicated I did the opposite of that. I did everything that was simple and, and run the same playbook. So when, when a lot of companies and agencies are talking like, you know, how do you grow sales? What do you do this special? They, they talk about all kinds of external traffic programs. We don't do any of that. We're, we, we keep it back to four basics. And in those four basics, it's broken down into two areas. The first is traffic generation, and that includes SEO and PPC. And the second area is uh, conversion elements. So mm -hmm. managing the catalog and design work. So all the merchandising aspects, anything that would keep the listing online. And there is not, there's not a company in the world that can touch me on SEO and catalog management, just bar none. We, we are so in depth, we're a mile wide and an inch deep. I think there's, it's very easy to find good design work. I just think that there's just a lot of competition for that. And I think that PPC agencies are a dime a dozen. But when you pair all of those together, uh, you have the ability to have a holistic approach. So you have an SEO PPC campaign, for example. You've got your SEO integrated with your design, which helps your indexing and helps you matriculate rankings at the top of search. When you do all those things together, um, I think that's a really fundamental core to the success of, of our clients. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think um, it's interesting because we, well, I teach the same in, in, you know, I get so many of these young uh, entrepreneurs in the Amazon space coming to me and they're like, oh, what about like, what about like this outside traffic or this hack or this or whatever? And I'm like, if you're doing your job well on Amazon, you know, and you've created an amazing product, um, you know, your whole job is to just basically stay in stock on Amazon because you've done your, your great product, it's differentiated and you've done the key things that are within Amazon correctly, right? Which is SEO and obviously PPC. If you can just do that right, you should be able to, create an amazing business. You don't need anything else outside of that. So um, I try to bring people back to that like simple aspect, right? Which is like, get your core things right first uh, and, and focus on that before you kind of go and look at other strategies outside of that. Because if you don't get the core things right, um, you know, you, you can be in a really bad spot pretty quick. 
Super URLs were the flavor of the month a year ago. You know, search, find, buy, traffic, same thing. These are things that are going to work, very, be very effective for a short time period, and they're going to go away like the dodo bird. So if you, if you make your success on something that's temporary, it's going to be temporary success. It'll feel good, it'll work, and then it'll go away. Um, and, and, and really, if you think about it, like take, take the healthcare exchange in, in America, right? When, when the website just rolled out, famously called Obamacare, right? It was an atrocious launch, like just billion dollar website mistake. People had to spend 16, 17, 18 hours just to get healthcare in, in America, right? And, and I'm not trying to go political. This is an e-commerce example. Yeah, yeah. People wanted to do that because there was a high demand. The product was in such demand, they were willing to go through that bull crap. And what Amazon did for the e-commerce space, as, as many of us know, is they simplified it down to price parity, very simplified and fast delivery, right? Like that was the past of Amazon. That's what made Amazon successful. And now their hyperspeed is taking it to the next level. The future of Amazon, I think, is going to be uh, American made and higher quality. So if you're wondering, like, where do we go from here? That's, that's where you got to chase. Um, the second example I'll give you on why simplicity works is I launched a, a Mother's Day gift box product called Age of Sage. And I had zero reviews three weeks before Mother's Day. I sold $135,000 in this kit in less than three weeks with, again, zero reviews, zero external traffic. I ran the four basic playbooks that we talked about, SEO, PPC, catalog, design and merchandise the heck out of this thing for a, a very, very good successful launch. So simplicity still works. You can still launch a product without running crazy hacks or anything external. Absolutely. And, and you know, going back to that question of like, you know, are we too late for one of the most competitive marketplaces in the world, if not the most competitive, Amazon USA? Um, it's this whole idea of, of Amazon to stay in business. They need to be able to provide their customers with the latest and greatest, most amazing product, right? And so they're supporting third-party sellers, new sellers getting on the platform, and they're always going to give you a shot. No matter what, they're going to give you a shot and test whether your product connects with the audience. And when you're getting that shot, if you can get a great conversion rate and you're obviously optimizing all that kind of stuff, you're going to absolutely grow, whether you have one review or zero reviews, right? So that's happened in your case. You put on a great product, you'd optimize it well. It obviously was an amazing product for Mother's Day. They gave you a shot, you started converting, and they said, great, he has more traffic, he has more traffic. And obviously you grew that business. That's kind of about how I see it at a high level. You know? So it is simplistic, but you just got to get your product and your differentiation and, and um, you know, focus on the right keywords. So I know we can go way off track here, but, but I want to go back to, to the questions from, from our audience. Um, and the first one is this whole idea of starting, not starting. I think you know, we have a lot of customers who are, who are researchers who are trying to start their first uh, business with first product on Amazon. Um, and if you have any tips around, uh, let's start with the first one, which is like how to get started. Um, what are the things to really focus on and and that kind of journey? For, for those of you who are not doing this full-time yet, this is the segment for you, right? In my opinion, you need to side hustle Amazon for a minimum of 12 months. So I know you hate your nine to five job right now. You wouldn't be listening to this if you loved your nine to five job. You'd be doing detail work at your nine to five job right now. What, so what I'm, what I'm going to speak to you and say to you is side hustle 12 months minimum. If you can get the business off the ground and replace a segment of your income within 12 months, that means you've hit the lottery. You can go full-time and do it until then many of our clients, even till today are side hustling, hiring an agency. They still keep their nine to five job. They hire an agency to go out and run the logistics, the, the technical work and do the template dirty uploads and all of the crazy things that happen, right? So Amazon is very much uh, a scary ball of problems. No question about it. Now, at the same time, this is the greatest opportunity of wealth generation in our lifetime. And so if you're willing to put in the sweat equity you will generate the wealth that goes with it. Many people that are Amazon sellers, even supposed experts on YouTube or wherever else, um, claim they've got you know a million dollar business, but their profits might be like negative twenty thousand, right? So like, keep in mind that you could do everything 
correctly and the business won't be profitable. So that's why I give that like 12 month time period because you need to be able to go through the motions um, of growing a business. A business can have a ton of capital needs that you have to dive in and do. So let's say you buy that first product on Alibaba and you generate the, you know, you, you put in $3,000 and you buy your MOQ and you launch your product. Well, what happens when you succeed? A lot of people are like, what if, what if, what if this isn't going to work and I, I'm scared and what if the product doesn't work? And, and, and that happens, right? I, I like to use uh, a ratio of one out of three. For every three products you launch, one is going to outright fail, not going to sell. The second product is going to sell, but probably only break even. And you may or may not discontinue it. And the third one is the moneymaker. And, and so using a tool like Zanguru, you can try and increase your leverage and find the one out of three that's going to work and make it a little bit better. But even with the data set, you need to understand that many products, even with the correct data and research, are going to fail. And guess what? That is acceptable. It's acceptable to, to launch a product and fail. If, if you don't have the money, $5,000, let's, let's just call it 5000 bucks to waste and throw away on a failed product and you would lose your shirt, you wouldn't be able to pay your rent or mortgage or whatever, this is not what you should be doing. So the, the not start is right here. If, if you can't put an, an investment in play without losing your shirt, this is not the appropriate time for you. It's okay to tinker, look at the analytics, play, have fun, do some research and dream and ask the what if question. But until you have money that you can put in a true investment, and, and keep in mind, when, the reason why I'm using the word investment here is an investment may not pay your dividends for, for a long time, right? It could take you 12 to 24 months to be profitable on Amazon. So not only do you have your time investment, a lot of people are comfortable with wasted time or putting time in not getting money out. But keep in mind, you can put time in and put your money in and not get any money out. And that's obviously the least desirable outcome. So, so getting started, you know, you need to do some research to limit your exposure to the wrong product. Uh, you need to find a niche. You need to find something you understand. The, the, the best piece of advice I will give to you on today's podcast is pick a product that you understand. If you are trying to get into the space selling bamboo, uh, you know, uh, uh, floss, for example, I just make that up, right? I don't even know if that exists. And you're not a dentist, you're in the wrong space, right? <clears throat> because think about how many different other uh, experts out there who are dentists, who are launching some teeth product of some kind, the leverage that they're going to have over you is substantial. No matter what the data says in the tool of your choice, if you don't go with a product that you understand, you're going to be way behind your competition. You won't know how to market leverage or do these things. Now, of course you could learn how to do these things, but think about this. Like, so if, you know, I, I was a competitive chess player growing up, I, I've played in the U S open and I've placed in high competitions and, and, and done well at national tournaments. I understand everything about the game of chess. Now Netflix comes out with a series called Queens Gambit, right? Everybody's super into chess right now. All the chess sets are flying off the shelves. Well, the data says, Oh my gosh, there's a huge demand for chess right now. Right. And if you were just paying attention to the niche finder, the tools, et cetera, it would tell you, go, go, go sell chess sets. Well, I've been playing chess my entire life. My dad taught me when I was age five. I've been to the chess tournaments. I know everything that's required to make a good chess set. I know you need triple weighted pieces and the clock and the roll-up board and the algebraic notation. Like I could out-tech anybody on this question. And if, if some Joe Schmo who doesn't know anything about chess tried to launch a chess set right now against me, I would eat them for lunch, right? So, so you can't just rely upon data. You got to know the product. Best piece of advice I'll give today. That's how you get started. Yeah. I mean, so, so much good knowledge there. And I, and I think, you know, just going back to some of your comments there and just giving my, my thoughts there. One is the biggest opportunity for wealth generation. And I think it's so true now five years ago, whatever, it, it, it's a massive opportunity for anyone. And that's why you're passionate about it. I'm passionate about the space because it doesn't require a degree. You know, it doesn't require, hey, I need to go get my MBA to, to be able to sell products. On, it on it totally does require a degree, but not the kind of paper degree most people think of. It requires the degree of Amazon, right? Like you got to pay your tax. Absolutely. And, 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 but 
the point I'm making there is that you can be 14 years old and we have some customers 14 years old making a million dollars on Amazon, right? A year or, or 16, or you can be 65 or 70. It doesn't matter about your background. All you need is some focus, um, you know, some consistent action and, and, and the ability to, to kind of go through the paces and, and, and you can have a business that's, that's making some great money and you can be financially successful. So, you know, it is totally true now. Um, and yeah, I, I think I think in terms of starting, I 100% agree with you that it's at least a 12 month to a 24 month, in fact, runway. You need to have a little bit of capital that you can put in. I say the same thing that you say. I say it is not your first, you know, take the emotional stress of launching that first product on Amazon out of the window, right? It's not going to, your first product most likely is not going to be your million dollar product. It is absolutely very, very unlikely. It's going to be your fourth or fifth product that's going to get Agreed. you that million million dollar mark a year so you've got to go through that process i've been through it my first product was okay it was my second product that was a bigger hit right so you've got to go through the, the paces um and and a real insight in there as well is that like there's there's some key things to be successful in launching your product but once you hit the, and you launch that product there are so many other things you have to get right to actually really scale your business and so many people get it wrong you know they fall off they don't know how to actually scale the business so there's a there's a bunch of learning that comes after you've learned, you've launched, you know, even more than, than launching your first product. So anyway, th th there's some really cool insights there. I think the, the other piece on starting is, you know, you're doing it as a nine to five, you know, in addition to your nine to five job, try and break it down to simple steps that you can do right now once a week and just do it consistently and, and, and you'll get there, you know? So I'm on that train of being simple, you know, you've got to, in order to be successful with the Amazon business, you've got to simplify everything because you're doing a nine to five job at the same time, right? So, um, super cool. Uh, what about what about not not starting? You, you touched on that, and I, and I think you know, do we just kind of call it that? Which is like, what, what are the things that, that that should be a flag for you that you shouldn't get involved in Amazon? Is it basically to the two points you said, which is, hey, you you've got to understand that you're only going to get money back maybe twelve to twenty four months later. You've got to invest that money back into your business. And number two, you've got to have a little bit of capital up front that you can't lose your shirt on if it, if it goes wrong. So the other thing I'd say is if you pick the wrong product at the wrong time, that would also be a reason not to start. Case example, let's say you were making wooden cutting boards and the price of lumber goes up 300%. Mm -hmm. Or you're, you're going you're gonna to finally launch that uh, cornhole board game. And again, lumber, 300%. So, so the timing of your product launch may be dictated by scenarios. Uh, China, for example, the cost of shipping out of China is at an all-time high. To get a container out of China is like insane. It's like 300% more than a year, year and a half, two years ago. And so you got to factor in some of these margin questions, and that would prevent me from starting. Because the last thing you want to do is be in the business of working for Amazon. You want Amazon to work for you, right? Like that's the point. You want to get out of your nine to five job. Mm -hmm. But if you don't, if you don't structurally make good decisions to have that margin make sense, you will end up making Amazon money and you won't make money for yourself. If that ends up happening to you, uh, John, you made a really good point. Take the emotions out, flush. This is terrible for me to say this, but it's the best way to paint the picture. Throw the baby out with the baby water because <laughs> out of the tub, because if you don't and you hold on to it, you're going to create a monster. Right. Most people, uh, structurally speaking, I think like 60% of the population are more prone to make emotional decisions versus logical decisions. When it comes to business, you kind of cut the emotion out as much as possible. You got to go all in on logic and, and look at the PL, profit and loss statement, and decide like, here's structurally, here's, here's my Google sheet. I've got, here's my cost of goods. Here's my advertising budget. Should be about 11% of my, my gross sales. Here's my FBA fees. Here's my shipping fees. And then here's my profit if everything goes right. Then throw in the shit hits the fan percentage of five or 10%, minus that out too, because you got returns, you got other problems that happen. Maybe there's some defects, et cetera. And then you relook at your PL and say, okay, yeah, I can make $5 a unit on this item. Okay, I'm going to green light that. Whatever your targets, and goals are, if you can't structurally hit them with a forecast, generally speaking, it's not worth doing. Yeah, 100%. And, and I think that's a critical aspect of being an entrepreneur is you have to know your numbers, right? And, and you need your creativity and you need that side. But if it, you know, first you need that base of numbers, right? And, and, and taking that emotional aspect out of it by looking at the numbers, it, it is such a relieving 
place to be if you have the numbers to drive your decision the same way as you know we, we we help to give data to help people make the right decision right if you can rely on that rather than the emotional side um you know that's that's super helpful so yeah know your numbers if you need an fba calculator to figure out your margins we have a free free one you can just go to zongu and, and obviously download that for anyone listening uh, it has the latest fees i think we're the first one to have the latest fees from amazon uh, in there but it's super helpful it's full instructional video just go to free tools and you can get it there um the so i i, I totally agree with that and i think the other thing on non-starter for me is like don't jump on the trends, man. People like just want to jump on the trends, and it's like fidget spinners. May I? Yeah, please. please. <laughs> um, no, fidget and, spinners and are going to be the biggest thing ever, and like literally forty-five days later, you can't even sell them. <laughs> and it's just that—it's exactly what you said. There's like if you're going for the temporary one, you know, that's a trend, whatever. If you're going for the temporary one, or or the temporary strategy, you're going to have a temporary. If you're lucky, you're going to have a temporary little little bounce, and it's going to be great. And then after a little while, that business is destroyed if that's what you want to be in great but where you are and where i'm at is like build a sustainable long-term business so figure out something that you can grow over the next two to five years you know and and that's where you're going to win and then you're going to sell that business and then you're going to be laughing right that's where you want to get to you want to be able to sell for amazon business in a while and, and maybe do another one so super cool and the, and the businesses that are not being bought right now are seasonal things like you know your face mask business that you made a million dollars last year guess what Nobody yeah. wants to buy that. No ways. No ways. Yeah. Uh, no, very, very cool. Um, so um, let's move on to the second one, which is like, we've touched a little bit on this, but any, any key tips on, on niche and product validation or, or, or product choice? I think you, you touched on it by saying, you know, pick something that you know. And I, I definitely agree with that. Like everyone's like, well, I don't know if I should pick something that I know. I'm like, well, there's so many millions of ideas out there or things that you can sell on Amazon. Why not pick something that you know? You know, why not, why not get satisfaction out of it? So, uh, any tips on that? Uh, you know, niche and product validation. What what do you look at? I get asked this all the time. People are like, "Hey, will this product work on Amazon?" And a good Amazon expert will almost always say, "I don't know," because because the the data and and what actually works don't always jive very well. So. Go conservative, test it out, test the market, launch as if you're going to succeed and, and find out, right? Like every company needs three things to run. They need finances, marketing, and operations. You need a passing degree. C's get degrees in all three of those areas. But in one core area of your choosing, you need to get an exceptional A+. You could have an A plus in finance and a C C minus in marketing and, 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 you know, your operations and still be a widely successful company. And, and so you got to figure out like of those three areas, which of those three is going to be your core function. And once you understand that, okay, I'm a, I'm an operations guy. If that's the case, then you're going to spend all of your time as Mr. CEO chasing sourcing and finding products. But if you said marketer, you're probably going to have decision paralysis trying to pick your product because you don't know where which one to start. You, you know, if 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 you're an A plus marketer, you can sell the crap out of anything, but your problem would be just starting and trying to and and select which niche to get going in. So so the easy high level answer is pick something you know and understand because it will simplify all of these constraints and problems. You won't have to worry about the operations because you know a guy that makes them because you use them. You, you know, and, and the marketing, you can literally write the marketing copy in your sleep because you understand the product's functions, its features. Keep in mind, most people don't buy products on Amazon. They buy emotions, mm -hmm. right? Now, this is the touchy-feely part of the answer, right? But like, um, <clears throat> seriously, right? So like, if, if I'm buying a Fitbit, this is a, this is a new, new, uh, new product. My wife gave this to me for Father's Day. It's a Fitbit. Um, you know, I, I started talking about my Fitbit to my, my wife and I accidentally called it a fit bitch. And, and I was like, yeah, was, my fit bitch was you know, telling me to go take my walk. Right. So there could be a stand up comedy routine in there somewhere. But yeah. the point is, is, you know, we didn't buy the, this product. So I'll, I'll stop swearing on your air. Uh, no. we didn't, <laughs> um, we, you know, we didn't buy this product because it could count my steps right? Mm -hmm. We bought this product because I'm slightly overweight and I want to get back in shape because nine years ago today, this is a true story. I met my wife on our first date and I looked super skinny in that photograph and you know, I had more hair on my head, right? So, so we bought an emotion. 
we bought the emotion of, of, of thinking back on health and, and wellness. And so if you can articulate the emotion behind your product, then you know you have picked a good niche. The other thing I would say is avoid things that have a thousand plus reviews, right? So I, I've given you kind of the touchy feely answer. Now I'll give you like some of the analytics behind the answer. And, and if you're in a niche and the top three products all have a thousand plus reviews, it's probably a competitive oversaturated um, ratio. And so it's not a good first product launch. Now, if you're already in a niche and you already have a brand developed, you got some equity, all bets are off, ignore the data, ignore the experts, do what you're going to do. You just want to launch that second product. I get it. The other thing I'll mention here is don't just launch four colors of the same product. You're better off launching one or two colors of the same product and launching two additional products. Many people will, will be really successful with their first product selection and then later say, hey, I'm going to add some um, you know, different sizes or different colors. And their sales don't actually go up at all. It just steals from Peter to pay Paul and their second color variation dilutes the sales. And so you're better off having a, a more diversified portfolio. So if you're gonna pick a niche, pick a brand name like GoPro, where you could do anything with your brand name instead of pick a brand name like Momster, that's my wine glass brand. Because when I try and sell beer glasses for, for, for dad, nobody wants to buy a beer glass from Momster, right? Like you can't box yourself into that specific of a niche. First brand name you select needs to be super generic, um, I filed more than 300 trademarks at my Amazon guy, and, 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 and we, we, we find that the more generic your name is, the better off you're going to be um, as a business. So, you know, kind of to wrap that up there, the other thing I would look at is just structurally make sure that if you are going to launch that product in that niche, that somebody is going to want to buy it. How do you know that? Well, you look at the search data. There's search volume estimates available in Zonguru. And you can say, look, if, if the top keyword I thought was the most important keyword is topping out at 50 search volume, then you know for a fact, nobody wants to buy your product. Mm -hmm. And there's two types of products. There is demand co-opting, which is the easiest thing to start with. You're going to go look at what's already in demand, deliver to demand what you have, right? And the second is demand generation. If there's not search volume because you're solving a problem that I don't even know exists right now as a consumer, you're selling sliced bread 10, 10 years too early, that's a problem. You, you, you will have to spend a lot of money trying to educate users and, and create demand. So when you're first starting out, you're looking for your niche, go co-op demand in a niche that doesn't have a thousand reviews, but maybe has 500 to 600 search volume across 20 keywords each. Yeah, man. So many, again, so many, so many good insights in there. I think, I think just, just to bring a couple of thoughts to product and niche validation, um, going back to your idea of like people coming and saying, Hey, is this going to sell on Amazon? Or can I go here? You know, what are the first things that I tell that person is I say to them, um, okay, well, how well do you know your target audience, your avatar? And that kind of goes back to your point of if, if you are the actual audience, you probably know them well, but a lot of people just skip that step of the research of like, do you actually understand who the person is who's buying this product, right? And then secondly, how are you going to differentiate the product? That's like so critical in, in actually choosing choosing your niche. Um, and, and I would say um, it goes back to that point you made of like, and I, I say this, it's like when you're choosing a product, it's 50% data, but it's 50% your creativity and your business savviness uh, in terms of actually choosing your, your niche. Those are so critical um, in, in actually choosing your product. It's not about just the data. You've got to actually be creative, you know, have, have some business savviness around that um, to, to choose your product. Uh, and then I think one other tip I'd give there is when you're choosing your, your niche, it is such a godsend if you can choose a product and a manufacturer that has four or five different other products that you can launch. Once you get some, some cash and you can just go, hey, manufacturer, give me that product. You, you know, choose a it's so cool if you can choose a manufacturer that you can launch five or six different products with rather than, hey, I launched one with one manufacturer and then I've got to go find another manufacturer and another product and launch that one on top of it. So I always like to give that guidance a little bit is if you're choosing between two products, choose the one that you can maybe launch three or four products with the same manufacturer. That is, that is a huge help because it's such a big step in that relationship with your manufacturer. Yeah, cool. Okay, so let's let's move. Uh, uh, this one is a good one, which is your tips or strategies on on gaining uh, sales traction. So 
a lot of times with sellers, you know, you launch a product, maybe you do really well in the first while, maybe you do a few things wrong, you kind of fall off of the off of the Amazon flywheel, maybe your sales aren't growing. Is that like a, a dead end or just get rid of the product? Or, or what are the things that they need to do to try and get sales traction back? What are, what are your first questions? What are the rocks that you need to uncover um, to try and get, get back? So Jeff Bezos is famous for saying it's always day one at Amazon. Mm-hmm. A lot of people talk about that comment, but they don't really break it down. Um, so if we were to break that down in as concisely as we possibly could, what it really means is go full force at all times in all areas. And, and so, you know, I talked about the three core areas you need to do to run a business, finance, marketing, and operations. Well, when it comes to Amazon, those four core areas we talked about, SEO, PPC, catalog, and design. If you don't do all four of those core areas, you will not succeed. And so when somebody's product is suffering, it's usually not because you have a terrible product, although that can happen. It's usually because they're ignoring one of those core four areas. I did a coaching call today with a super fan and a million dollar company. They were both a UK and a US-based business selling greeting cards. Fantastic people. And despite watching dozens and dozens of my videos online, they still had A-plus content without any copy in it. And when we looked at their number one seller, they were only indexing for 500 keywords. And I said to them, I said, you guys are doing fantastic, but you are violating the most core fundamental SEO principle right now and are under indexing for keywords. And what do I mean by indexing? That is literally to show up in the search results in the top 300 for any particular keyword. In the first 30 days of a product, you need to get to 1000 keywords index. If you fail to do that, there's a problem. There's a structural problem. By month two, month three, you should be at 2000 keywords index. When I talked about my Age of Sage product launch and in under three weeks, we indexed it for more than 3,500 keywords. So hyper, hyper segmentation, the ability to be seen by a lot of things. One of the coolest call outs here too is that the Mother's Day gift um, keyword hit an all time high. Five million people look for that search term during the week of Mother's Day. I got to organic position slot number one for a five million indexable search word in the course of a week, right? Like, obviously that's why my product was successful. And if you looked at the data, um, last year it was less than 2 million and the year before that was less than one. So not only did the COVID bump double the sales trend for Mother's Day gift searching on Amazon, but the following year in 2021, it doubled it again. And so uh, that tells you that there's still a massive opportunity on Amazon. So I co-opted a huge demand spike and I went full force, always day one at Amazon in all core areas. So on my first day of launching the product, I had all six photos filled out, a video, a highly optimized title, the merchandise bullet points, A plus content with alt text, 100 keywords per alt text photo and a thousand words of copy. And my search terms had no commas, no repeatable words and totally optimized to a T. I just gave a really fast, uh, you're gonna hit the replay and rewatch that I know. Um, But there's, if you don't do all of those core things and then let me add to that list, you need to launch a video ad. Video ads are hotter than they ever were. If you aren't launching video ads, you are underserving your market and, and, and not optimizing enough. You need to have uh, a fully structured advertising campaign. That means literally every type of of ads available in the Amazon platform, and there's like 20 types of ads available, need to be run. And and so when I say 20 types of ads, I mean there's like category targeting and sponsor products. There's category targeting and display products. There's keyword targeting in each one of these core areas. Not just talking about sponsored brands versus sponsored products versus sponsored display. You got to have the keyword segmentation set up correctly. Auto campaigns versus manual included. You get your exact match and campaigns, et cetera, et cetera. Like the, the list is just super, super long. If you don't optimize core in all one of these areas to the, to, to the max on day one, your product is not going to get off the ground as fast as you want. Many of you have the opposite problem where you have a product that's been launched six, 12 months. You're only selling five units a day and you're like, what else can I do? Same answer. You need to go ham 
in all four core areas. You need to have a highly optimized listing that has its SEO, its PPC, and its merchandising catalog and your A-plus content looking sexy as hell and, and have all of the SEO behind all of those things. I guarantee you, if your sales aren't where they want to be, one of those core four areas is underperforming for you. Yeah, man. Uh, I don't have much to add to that because literally you covered exactly the kind of way that I approach it with, with our customers as well. Is I'm like, so many people put all this effort in for a year, right? Finding a product, learning how to sell on Amazon, uh, spending money on products, you know, spending money on all these things. And they get to the day that they're going to be live on Amazon and they've done one or half out of those four things correctly. And I'm like, guys, if you're going to launch, you need to launch as hot as you can be. Be ready in every single area so that you can give your product the best shot of, of doing amazing because Amazon is going to test you. And if you're not optimized in all those areas and you're not making them the maximum amount of money for them, they're not going to support you as much. So, you know, it boils down to that. And, and to your point, if you don't, if you're four or five months down the road and you're waning on sales, it's probably because you're not optimized on, on, on those four things. So go back and check those out. So I, I, I totally agree with you. I think the other thing is, um, if people get to that point and they're like, how do I optimize and show them? Um, they need to, it's probably because they haven't taken consistent action on their business once they're live. Like you can't just get live and then take your foot off the pedal, right? You've got to keep optimizing consistently, focusing on your business, working at it every week um, and just keep being consistent. So get back on that train, be patient, but consistently work on your business over the next while uh, and you can get back there. So um, super cool, man. People that struggle on Amazon are either perfectionists or they're super patient. People that do really well on Amazon are iterators. These are people who can literally make micro adjustments and not worry about everything being perfect on day one. Now, when I, when I, and, and that kind of seems like it contradicts what I just said, right? Where I'm like, iterate always, but don't be perfect at the same time, go ham in all core areas. Right. But those two statements do not actually contradict. Make sure you check the box in all four core areas. But once you're live, which one of those four needs more work? Keep working on it. Great. Yeah. I, I actually say, uh, you know, the best people to sell products on Amazon are engineers, uh, you know, developers who we have, a, you know, we obviously support um, all of our staff creating their own Amazon business. And, and we have a lot of sellers on our team. Um, and by and large, developers are just brilliant at it because they know, number one, they execute like, motherfuckers excuse my friends but, but you know, they know how to execute like they you give them something like great and they do it you know they're just brilliant at doing that and then they have a real cool like mathematic and creative side to it um that just really helps them to iterate and improve their business so they just absolutely know how to do that which is which is awesome um so so just just high level i mean you know if someone's looking at all of the, the areas what is the what is the what is the most important aspect to get right so that you can be successful on Amazon? There's obviously those four core areas Main and there's photo. many, many steps within it. What's that? Main photo, without a doubt. Wow, um, interesting. So, so I'm a big fan of PicFu. They, they have the ability to run A-B tests. Um, and if you use my company name, my Amazon guy, you can get 50% off because um, mm -hmm. we're, we're, a, we're a, a partner of them. But basically, yeah. uh, the main photo is the most commonly misconstrued, under-tapped opportunity. Going back to that coaching call I referenced earlier with the greeting cards, their main photo had no, uh, no envelope in it. I then said, look, guys, you guys want to grow this product. We got to see what your competitors are doing. So I type in the, the top keyword for their product. I go look at the top 20 competitors. Would you like to guess out of 20 competitors, how many had the envelope plus the card in it in the main photo? All 20. Wow. Every single one of them. So clearly there was something that they weren't doing that they needed to do. Now, you don't even need to take my word for it. Okay, I want, we want to buck the trends. We don't want to do what everybody else is doing. We want to do the complete opposite and it makes us set apart. Whatever. I get it. There's going to be some people out there that are going to do that. But why don't you run a, a, a simple 50 question um, test? Take your two main photos. There's going to be people on this, 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 you know, watching this today. They're going to be like, well, I want to do A, but my partner wants to do B. And we, you know what? We just can't meet in the middle on this. You don't need to run a test. Let the data make the decision for you. You can run version A of the photo with the card, version B without the card uh, envelope and see which one does better. I 100% guarantee you on a seven to three ratio that people are going to prefer to see that it comes with an envelope with the card. Because why? Because people want to know that they don't have an extra step in their gift giving process. They don't want to find a freaking envelope to put the card in. 
And, and if, and if I know that before I even click on the listing, my conversion rates already gone up. I've self-selected that I'm more interested in your product by clicking on the main photo. For, for those of you who have, um, a problem with your sales, you can look at the, the, the data and you can kind of figure out like, what does the data tell you that the main problem you have with your listing is? If your CTR, that's your click-through rate is below 0.15 on your advertising, you have a problem with your main photo, 100% guaranteed, 100%. You need to fix the main photo, it will improve your CTR. When I did my Age of Sage product launch, I changed my main photo four times in the first seven days because I was not convinced that I had nailed it correctly. I ran five PicFu tests and finally settled in with a cleaner version of my product that showcased all the items. A very complicated product because it had, uh, it had a, a bath bomb, it had soap bars, it had a card. Uh, and so it was very hard to showcase all of these value adds in one single photo and make it clean. But what my competitors were doing is that they had very clean cut, Photoshopped, move the product on top of the box so that you could clearly see all components. Whereas my original photo was a little bit more fuzzy because um, the crinkle was, was coming up a little bit higher. And so by running all these tests, I ran an AB test of my photo against my competitor. I ran two versions of my own photo against each other. And, 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 and by the way, these, these pick food tests cost 50 bucks a test for 50 answers. And so for less than a couple hundred bucks, I was able to generate my $135,000 in three-week product, Age of Sage Mother's Day gift box by understanding what the customer was looking for. So that's your five-minute hack today because that's literally how long it takes to set up a PickFu test. And, and you can find out if it's a CTR problem. Now, other problems I didn't go into in, in today, we don't have time to cover it. If, you're, if your conversion rate is above 15%, chances are you have a traffic problem. Now, most, it's probably the first time anybody's ever said this to you and you're confused. You're like, what are we talking about? I want a good conversion rate. If you are having a high conversion rate, you are leaving sales on the table because you're not spending enough money on traffic generation. You want to have a lower conversion rate than 15%. If you have a 20%, a 30% conversion rate, I guarantee you that if you hired me and I doubled your ad spend, I would double your sales. I don't even need to look at the product. I don't care about the niche. I just know it based on that one data set. And then, uh, so, so you could have a problem with your CTR, you could have a problem with your traffic, or you could have a problem with your conversion rate. And, and so if you're under a 6% conversion rate, that means that you need to redo and optimize and merchandise your product all over again. Because people, when they get to your listing, they do not like what they see. They do not feel comfortable buying your product. There's two reasons why somebody don't buy a product. Number one, friction. The ability to hit the checkout button, right? They can't find it. Obviously, Amazon solved for that. So that one, you can just throw that one out. That doesn't even matter. The second is anxiety. Does this product really solve the problem that I'm chasing? Does this product really envelop the, the emotion that I'm buying? Probably not. That's why the conversion rate's below 6%. Your average conversion rate's anywhere from 8 to 12%. That's really the sweet spot. Um, any lower than that, you got a merchandising problem. Any higher than that, you have a traffic problem. That's really interesting, man. And, and yeah, it's, it, it's it totally right. You know, we, we see it on Zonguru as well, right? Is, is we're driving... The more traffic, the more people we drive, obviously conversion rate goes down, um, but that's because we're getting more traffic, right? So I think that's a really cool insight there around what your conversion rate should be. And if it is um, obviously say, saying that you maximized on your, your, your kind of uh, your product and your differentiation and everything, if your traffic, if your conversion rate is still you know, too high, uh, get some more traffic. So that, that's super interesting. Um, going back to the one thing and, and you saying photo, I totally agree with that. And, and the way I actually answer that as well, as I say, um, you know, focus on your connection, right? How do you connect with your audience? Uh, uh, if you don't have the connection figured out, you're really not going to make money on Amazon. That absolutely goes to your first photo. If your first photo is right and connects with the audience, you're going to get that click. It's differentiated. You know your audience, you're going to convert, etc. So, you know, go back to the, the main things of, pro, you know, customer and product research. Get those right and, you, you know, you, you can absolutely grow your business. Um, we're going to wrap up now. Uh, may, maybe um, you kind of covered a little bit of what does the future of Amazon look like, which, which is super cool. Um, you know, you talked about it. American-made, high quality. Yeah. I, yeah, that's interesting. And I think um, it would be awesome if they can do that. And they'll be silly if they don't, because, you know, they, there's, a, there's a very good chance that Amazon could just become your consumer FMCG-focused goods, you know, which is great. But if they can hold on to... Um, you know, the ability to have USA uh, products and, and kind of different, differentiated 
unique products like um, you know Mother Day's Mother's Day products, etc. I think I think it's a great place to be. Otherwise, Shopify might might come in and eat eat that lunch a little bit as well. Um, what what about your thoughts? I, I think to end, uh, it'd be interesting to get your opinion here. But Amazon is growing beyond USA, right? We have Europe. We have you know uh, you know uh, emerging markets. The pandemic has made some of these emerging markets absolutely viable um what are your thoughts on that in terms of uh you know do you sell on those markets do you stick on the usa uh be interesting to get your thoughts there so my agency is a us-based centric agency i'm going to be biased on this question um and i think that there's so much opportunity in the u.s market that until you're a million dollar business you don't need to leave the domestic waters now with that said I have a high amount of respect for Zongru. And, and I think there's an inevitability clause here. You guys are 100% correct to invest in Australia today. Why? Because it's 100% guaranteed that that market's going to grow without doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, the question is, is how fast and can you make a profit this year in 2021? I think the jury is out on that question for some niches and some other ones. It's it's probably favorable. Um, the, the fastest growing uh group of people that are that are hiring my Amazon guy compared to all their nationalities is absolutely Australians. So they see the opportunity they're 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 getting in um, they're getting into the game here and and I think it's going to steam um, steamroll and continue growing. So if if I was a betting man, I bet you Australia becomes the second largest market after the US within 5 to 7 years. That'd be my guess. Um, I think it will pass Germany. I think it'll pass the UK and Canada um, just because I think just such an opportunity down there. Now, uh, you know, I get emails from the Brazilian specialists tell me, oh, we'll go launch in Brazil. And it's like, yeah, I'm going to take my, 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 my beer glass that weighs three pounds and ship it down to Brazil and see how that goes. I'm really suspicious that that's going to work out um, anytime soon. Uh, but again, it's an inevitability clause. Jeff Bezos does not care about planet Earth. He is going to get off the rock. And so all of these markets that they are launching in are a means to the end. So this dude can get in a spaceship and never come back. There was actually, you know, funny, I mentioned this. I, I would, I would give this bit months ago too, but like in the last week, there's actually been a survey out there yeah. where people are like, Hey, we don't want Jeff Bezos to come back after he yeah. gets in the shuttle. And so, so the, the irony here is actually, I think that's exactly what he wants guys. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, that's what, that's why he's taking his brother with him, you know. So it's a partner in crime. Yeah. Um, so was it was a pleasure joining you today, John. This is obviously really great to talk about all these things, and and I think you have some of the coolest technology at Zonguru. So if, so if you've watched this entire hour segment and you haven't bought Zonguru yet, you're crazy. You got to go sign up, sign up now today, guys. Yeah, thank you, and uh, really cool chatting with you. And um, yeah, how, how do people get hold of you? Those 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 uh, million dollar. Amazon sellers who, who need a little bit of help and, and want to connect with you or, or less. Um, what, what's, what's the plan? So uh, you can talk to my father, Dan Pope. He's the sales manager. Just go over to myamazonguy.com, hit contact, and you can get on a phone call with him same day. He does all the sales for me. Um, and and it's, it's really fun because, you know, as my, as my father, he gets to sit on a call and be like, oh, I watched 20 videos of your son. He's so cool, whatever. It's like a huge dopamine hit every time he gets on the call. So let him know you saw me on the Zonguru podcast. Make him feel good. Um, he's a really happy father and, and grandfather to my four children. Um, and then if you have a question, email me at podcast at myamazonguy.com. I read every single one of those emails and I'm happy to, you know, anybody that listens to a podcast and, and gets that email address, you know, this is my thank you back to, to watching. So. All right. And well, uh, fantastic talking to you. Good luck for next year's mother's day and probably father's day. Cause I'm sure you're going to launch something else and crush it there too. <laughs> um, thank, you. thank you very much, John. All right. Good to chat. All right, we'll see you.